I want as much Tolkien in my eye holes as possible. Hey everybody and welcome to Battles of Kingsgrave. It's a, it's a season of much fantasy, right? So this is the first of what could, could be many, who knows, reviews of the Amazon series Rings of Power set in the second age of Tolkien's um, world of elves, dwarfs, proto-hobbits and the rest. My name's Bina007, I'll be your host today for our recap and review of episodes one and two. We could potentially Anything in the books, the TV shows, um, any ancillary merchandise. Today I'm joined by some OG vassals. So welcome back after a, a long hiatus, Varley. Hey, what's up, everyone? Varley on the forum. Somber Varley. Welcome, White Raven. Yeah. A Lord of the Rings reread from this group. Tedard, I think you were part of it, right? Hello. Yeah, um, my nerd cred's going to take a massive hit, but I opened my copy of Lord of the Rings Estate and my notes from the last reread episode we did about seven years ago fell out. That was in the midst of time. So for it the was. listener who's joined us recently, the Lord of the Rings reread was seven episodes and it was in the double digit box. So, uh, Hi, this is Greg. Claudia's the fool on the forums, if they're still out there. We welcome also the Blue-Eyed Queen. Hey, it's Casey, Blue-Eyed Queen. Last but not least, we have Carl Wadeggi. Hey, Michael, Carl Wadeggi, and uh, resident Unsullied for this podcast, I suppose. Oh, that's going to be me too. <laughs> How are you, Amber? I'm about 14 minutes from finishing episode two, so whoops. I didn't finish one. <laughs> we don't want to spoil you, so come back. Come back a little bit later. Oh, no worries. It's all right. Cool, cool. All right, it's Fleming Cake ratings, so let's start with Casey. Coming from my position, which is basically I've watched the first three movies once. I haven't read any of the books. I haven't seen the Hobbit movies. I saw the cartoon Hobbit movie in seventh grade, so there's that. Um, (laughs) um, But otherwise, I come from a position of basically not knowing much about um, the world surrounding Lord of the Rings slash the Cimmerillion. So um, for me, coming in like that, I would give these first two episodes a... Um, I want to say four out of five. Um, I don't really know what's going on yet, but it looks really nice and the music's really great. Vali, where are you coming in on this? Give it uh, four out of five Rings of Power, the first two episodes. I really hope we get to see how Finrod dies because that's pretty fucking epic. Um, And Finrod is Galadriel's brother in the very beginning of the first episode, for people that don't know. I like how they're exploring some uh, horror aspects more than like the kind of campy horror that uh, Peter Jackson showed in the original trilogy and whatever the fuck that was in the Hobbit trilogy. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, like I I dig where it's going. And I think the uh, stranger is Gandalf because he keeps on drawing Gandalf's sign that even leaves in Bilbo's door. That starts this whole thing out in The Hobbit. Oh, it's backwards though. The Hobbit, the Hobbit doesn't exist. Only if you look at it in a mirror. Um, Eddie, how about you? Yeah. um, I'd say, mm, so I'm like... Halfway between three and a half and four because wasn't particularly interested in the first episode because it was quite boring. But the, I watched the second one a couple of times and the second episode's much more interesting, especially the the dwarfish and the hoppity stuff I like. Um, so I'd say mm, four lemon cakes. And, That's still um, pretty decent. Yeah, it's like I really wanted to be blown away about about it because I want I want as much Tolkien in my eye holes as possible. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, and I saw, I, um, you know, I got, yeah, we got to the, like, the Hoppity stuff, uh, the films, and uh, yeah, it was just such a letdown, and, you know, never really went back to it. So it's universe to redeem itself, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. How about you, Brett? So, I think it's absolutely beautiful. Looks great. Um, sounds good. Some of the characters don't look like I would envision them in my head. Like, I feel like Galadriel should have like a glow about her and she just seems like a normal person, I guess. And that's weird to me. But I, I think the show's good so far. I'd probably give it a three and a half. Um, if I had to go between three and four, I'd probably go three just because I don't want to get up to four. But I enjoyed them. 
it just hasn't blown me away yet, except for the visuals are pretty awesome. Oh, stunning. You can see where the money went for sure. Uh, Michael, how about you? You are something of a law master like Brett. You guys you guys know your Tolkien. Oh, I wish. Um, I am a watcher of movies. I read the first book and I spent maybe one or two hours trolling through the Wikipedia. But I, I do not know uh, Lord of the Rings as uh, well as other universes. So... Again, I would say I'm more of a, a newcomer, um, but I would give it—I'd uh, give it a three out of five so far. Excellent production values. Uh, I love the look of everything. I just wish the writing was a bit uh, punchier and less exposition-heavy, um, and they would show more than they tell. Uh, but I'm interested as to what happens next. You know, the first couple of episodes, right? Because the amount of money they've got to get non and people who don't know this world into it too so maybe that's why you've got some of that basil exposition Last yeah i understand are... yeah. The, the enormous uh, roadblock they've got to get through uh, i just wish there was the, they'd written the dialogue in a, in a slightly different way but anyway we can get into get into that um greg um where where do you come out on this one? Um, like I was very reticent to watch it because like the Silmarillion and like the early ages are just such a formative and like favorite part of my like reading and like those worlds are in my brain and I I didn't really want to watch it and I only watched it because like everyone was bugging me about it like I would walk in the store and customers would just stop me and be like well, have you liked it and it's like I I, I didn't, I'm barely watching House of the Dragon and now I have to watch this. <laughs> been such a long wait that like i have to watch it and i'm not trying to be curmudgeonly about it like 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 uh tedder said like i just want as much tolkien as possible but like i was so disappointed because it just wasn't what is in my head it is beautiful but like this the first age the second age are like my favorite things to read about like i had dreams of <laughs> those time periods and i'm like oh they're asshole elf children oh this i was like what is what is what is it and i get it you got to tell a story and you've got to get people but um it just felt really weird and like by the end of it i was like okay like i'm on i'll watch it but if i didn't know that it was lord of the rings i would just be like what is this silly show that's about the same thing dark lord dies dark lord coming back oh i've heard the story like and that's what they're doing i get it but like i feel very like i was excited at the end to get the preview of numenor like i think that'll be cool and i part of it is i think it's just been such a long wait to get this time period on the screen in any form that like i'm going to be disappointed and i I told casey that's like i don't want a podcast i'm just going to be negative i don't like doing that unless it's about (laughs) weight storage you know that's different um like nice to have the range of views greg and it's nice to have people who who are coming at it fresh and then people like you but i part of me i do feel bad you know it's it's my favorite thing and like i want to enjoy it but i'm like you have so much to pick from why are you why is it this so and i'm gonna hold off until like the first season's done to like do like a you know a, a full i guess review but i just felt like um waiting for like the thing that you love so much and if it's not that i'm like oh like the elf dwarves are silly like that was silly like why are they building up to this why is there a man sailor pirate story like i just don't get when they could be telling like the lines of the elves from the el like they skipped over the whole first age in the prologue i was like we're getting a prologue they don't Getting a Silmarillion material, though. Yeah, they don't have the right. It's, uh, it's quite annoying because they don't have the rights for the Silmarillion, but they've got the rights for the Lord of the Rings, and but this, um, like for me from the Silmarillion, because it's like even though I know this is from the appendices, like it's just that's you know it's it's tough. Like I know that they spent a billion dollars, and they can't even tell like, but they did some of this Silmarillion stuff because they can. Um, anyway, but like it's beautiful. The like every, like cinematically, it's great. It just seems like they're telling the same story of like some Sauron is just. Because they had to do Sauron, they had to do, have threads that people understand. Hobbit, Sauron, Dwarf, I get it. But um, I knew there was going to be trouble because the Second Age, like, a lot doesn't happen for a long time. And then a lot happens, you know. So, but I hope that makes sense. So, why, yeah, does the... anyone understand why? I mean, let's get into this, you know, why they're telling the particular story they're telling. The Tolkien estate not sell them the rights to the Silmarillion to make it complete. Because I'm assuming that lack of money wasn't the issue, like... Amazon presumably would have just given them whatever they wanted. What does anyone I know? <laughs> um, I, don't know. Um, I think Christopher Tolkien was very reticent in giving the rights to the Silmarillion away. I think um, I don't understand why, though. I guess I get it if you think they're going to butcher it, but I think it's because it's incomplete. So he didn't want someone else completing the work of his father. Whereas, like you know, he did his best to put the Silmarillion together, but that's not a work of. But instead, know, they're just going to make up their own of... thing anyway. 
yeah, elf that. cops having you know love affairs with human people who were nurses or some shit. I mean, <laughs> no, it, I think it's, I mean, I think that's just if that's true, then I think that's kind of silly because is you give over the rights to your work to another set of creative people who are gonna you know have their input, it is going to be different, and it is hey, it kind of is what it is. We had a we had an elf elf dwarf love triangle already. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Damn you, the hobbits! Uh. Yeah. When you say it's different from what you imagine, Greg, is that particular characters, or is it just the feel of it? Is it just everything, or it, I don't know? Is that a point where it's where it's gone wrong for you? Uh, I, I think it's just like the scale, and like it's I've built it up so much in my mind, like I literally like have a map on my wall that I hand drew like when I was reading some really and like I made a wall-sized map that I could like look at because like there is no map of everything in the books like you don't see everything it's just like parts of it I just don't understand like Galadriel is one of the most important characters in the whole cosmos but like she's not important because she is a uh, the whole uh, you know like making her a badass like Lara Croft you know Tomb Raider type thing like she doesn't need that even though she is of the Noldor and she is has been fighting you know Melkor since you know days unnumbered and all that I get it why they had to do it I just didn't like it at the same time I don't think this show is for me the show is for people who want more Lord of the Rings and that's exactly what they're giving them seems strange me, that they didn't not for seem you. To give the elves any power like over magic you mean Kind of like it, it doesn't seem like they're honestly, it doesn't seem like they're much different than humans other than the places they live. Temporary pause and let us welcome Inka's Rain to the podcast. Hey, Mikal. Hey, guys, going? It's a Rings of Power 5 rating for the first two episodes and also tell us how you come to this. Are a book reader? Are you a movie watcher? Are you a lore master who's deep in the Silmarillion? Okay. Probably give these both a four um, with some up and down dips, you know, throughout. But like as as a series that had a lot uh, maybe counterintuitively like going against it, I thought they did a really good job of like kicking things off. Um, I am a sort of lapsed Tolkien fan in that like I was really into it in high school and but I didn't actually read it read like the lore stuff I like I read the books multiple times I saw the movies that was when they were coming out and I kind of haven't like gone back to Tolkien since I'm I'm having fun you know people people look but I know it's a long time ago and that's why we've got some younger people and that's why like the geography is all messed up and I don't know where anything is. But yeah, uh, so so far I'm game. And then why don't we also bring back in Amber Rocks who hopefully has finished episode two and can come in with her rings of power. For a second, sorry. Should it be, can I do out of nine rings? Is that the right number? No, it's five. Is that not a thing? Well, that's going to make all of ours seem quite low if you go out of nine, isn't it now? But is that the right number? Is that what I'm looking for if I'm trying to be clever? Well, not, it depends on what you mean. There was nine rings. Nine rings were given to the men. Yeah. Oh, I'm Seven only the remembering the, dwarves the and three first to the part of things. <laughs> and then the one ring, which makes 19. So how many is that all? <laughs> oh, out of 19? <laughs> Do it out of 19. I was, <laughs> I was 19, Amber. Nine, that's, no. that's what the, the metric you have to use. Uh, uh, all right. Out of 19 rings. Yeah. Um, I would give this first episode six. Um, six I don't know why. I really, I really didn't like the trailers. I really didn't like the first episode. I spent the whole time just nitpicking. Right. Um, oh. Why does this look like they're just trying to be Peter Jackson when they don't want him involved? And really, I'm still not on board with the actress that plays Gladriel. And she was a big bulk of the episode. I'm not sure why, but I just was real meh to the end of the first episode and the second episode which i didn't go finish i've just been sitting here um <laughs> i would give it what did i say six i would six, say eight. like 14 much oh. much better i don't know i don't know if it's okay. just now i'm like used to it i'm used to it i'm i'm okay with what they're doing i'm less connected to what i want which is peter jackson just the lord of the rings not the hobbit um <laughs> Because that's really my only, uh, I read the books once when y'all were doing the reread, and I read along, and that was nice, but I'll probably never read them again. Um, love the movies, watch, used to watch every year, it's been probably a couple years now. Um, so that's really the feeling that I'm hoping for, and now I just kind of feel like, okay, I've gotten the first episode, the first bit of expectation out of my head, and now I can just see where it goes a little more openly. Um, that said, Settle into it. There's there's less Galadriel in the second episode, and I like that. 
Um, and none of the characters yet, aside from the dwarf. Love the dwarf. The dwarves are the best part of the episode. Every other little vignette I find just sort of like, okay, nobody that's really grabbing either setting-wise or acting-wise. So I don't know what that averages out to, but I'm definitely on board for more. But um, surprisingly, I was I was equally sort of like, meh, about House of the Dragon beforehand, and I'm really loving that one. And now I'm just kind of like, well, let's see how it goes. That's all. Julia has so much love to give. <laughs> yeah. We have a full range of ratings now. So, um, Carl, Amber, we were discussing the whole elven part of this first two episodes. Galadriel, well, Galadriel's story and whether the guy on the boat was going to end up being a love interest or whether she was uh, married already. Um, guys, the elf law, go. I mean, I think everyone's really hot for Galadriel. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm, I'm confused by this whole Elrond thing. Like I, I'm, I'm totally down for them being friends, but like they seem like capital F yeah, friends. Con- considering he marries her daughter, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I was Something this had a little more eyes of the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they, like the dwarves, like point out how quickly time passes for the elves, or slowly, I should say, it passes for the elves while people are like. He, it was 20 years and he's like you never came you never talked he's like well i never really thought about you i was like way to go with the women there <laughs> he came across i don't know if we're getting into him but i i thought he came across as a bit of a dick or like right. a bit kind of condescending it's well established yeah. that elves are dicks i don't like his face dicks. Dicks. he does have a very he was young ned stark i think in the tower of joy yeah he was mm-hmm. Like yeah, it was young Ed Stark. Oh, the hair is no good. It's not helping his face. But he just doesn't Do have all like the a... elves in this world have like 1980s kind of bouffant lacquered Patrick Bateman from American Psycho hair. It's very high. Because that's when it was set. The second age, man. Think of that as the 80s. Third <laughs> age is the 90s. It was awesome. And then it's the very... fourth age, we don't even know about. <laughs> it's very Captain Pike. Fourth age was COVID. It's very big hair. It's very electric <laughs> dynasty. The one thing I noticed was that, like, they, the elves don't have long hair. Like, that was the thing in the movies. So I was like, like, are they just making it so you can derifi- der- differentiate between male and female elves? Like, <laughs> it seemed weird to me. Oh my like, god, you're right. They just That's why they all looked weird. They just, That's uh, why Galadriel's all, probably looked weird. Sorry. All, <laughs> I'm just like, it all grows oh. really, really slowly, but it's, it's like 6,000 years, so of course it's long in... They just don't cut it. So 6,000 years later, of course, it's longer. It does seem like they're going out of their way to show off the ears in the first couple of episodes. Ears we made. We're so clever. <laughs> I mean, isn't that like my my little theory right now is that the woman that's hanging around um, the, the medical lady. What's her name? Who cares? Well, it looks like she's covering her ears the whole time. So my little theory is that she's actually Elvin or like a halfling or something. I thought maybe her son okay. was going to be. If she maxed onto the elf cop, then that's all right then. Yeah. We... I think what? in the books they only talk about like the three great pairings of elves and humans. Bumps are like, you know, on these outposts, they got it on. You know, they just didn't create like a run deal. I don't believe for one second that elves and humans weren't boning all over the place. <laughs> Well, there are the great pairings, and then there are the lesser pairings. Right? <laughs> I tried not to name her, Americans. but Varley had to. <laughs> let's, get, let's get back on track with Galadriel, because we need to talk about a, a bit what I think Greg and Eddie were hinting at that so important in these stories and, and, and is so elemental. I don't know what the word even is for her. Why did she just have to become an action heroine feminist icon? Like, um, when White Raven said, but she was like, oh, she was like real sparkly. <laughs> she, she, or she used to be real sparkly, but now she's not. Um, it's like kind of because Lord of the Rings was like from the point of view of a hobbit, basically. And he's looking up at this fantastical immortal goddess lady um, who, um, and so on and so forth, and all these spectacular things from the little small viewpoint. But now we're in this show, um, it's kind of from their viewpoint, so it's a lot more mundane now. She's still, like, one of the most beautiful of all the elves, too. Oh, yes, well, she's apparently the reason the Silmarils Silmarils got made, because Feanor was, like, creeping on her. (laughs) God. I don't think that's... I can't remember that from the Silmarils. But I I think... 
things like she's noted among the great elves and it's never really explained what she did to make her you know among the great elves and this is really throwing it off i don't have that much of an issue with it she's one of the few elves that are around that actually saw the light of the trees in person so it's kind of strange that like in valinor so it's weird that she isn't more powerful than all the other elves i know she kind of is but the way she just gets railroaded seems kind of weird. You think she would have more agency? Yeah, I think uh, that was the thing, her comment about Holron uh, became a politician instead of like a, a great thinker or a war master like he become like he is in the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits. Like you know, we all have a stupid adolescent, you know, what, what the Hobbits call it? They're tweens. Yeah, she's just going for a phase. <laughs> okay. All elves get it around the six thousand year mark. They just just go wild. Never go, go off up. the rails. <laughs> yeah, six thousand year itch. A little bit about Elrond because he is set up as kind of the counterpoint main elf character. He comes across to me a bit as a career politician that he's not um, invited to the council, and then he's all excited when he's sent off on a mission. Du, du, du. Uh, <laughs> and you just think, oh no. And is it, how am I pronouncing this? Calabrimble? The guy who yeah, makes the right. rings? Yeah. The actor, he's an English character actor. He always plays slightly, slightly smarmy, arrogant, condescending people up to no good. Yeah, that fits up really well. <laughs> they, they, they fit <laughs> up really well. Most old Englishmen? <laughs> well, yeah, That's by this how point, we it is. the world. <laughs> No, but I mean, it's like, he, it, I think they set it up really well because a lot of what attracts him is how he found it with Saruman, right? Like this idea that he's excited about new technology and learning new techniques from other people. And there's definitely ego there. He wants to make something beyond just crafting tools that will change the world. So I felt that was all, you know, very well established. How did you guys feel about the whole Kebrimbor aspect and El character other than not liking his hair? <laughs> Shows well, him. we know that Calabrimbor made the Elven Rings, and he didn't let Sauron participate, and that's how they were tarnished by him. But other than that, we just hear that he falls, you know, sometime before the Third Age, right? In one of the final battles. His whole attitude kind of fits with, like, the broader aspects of it all, of, um, you know, Elves being quite prideful and uh, people making, what, making stuff and wanting to control things, and that's how they... They fall to evil and that sort of thing. Um, so that point of view, it's it's I like it actually. But um, yeah, he says all right as well. I don't mind. <laughs> Does anyone want to say anything else about elves in this so far before we move on? Just going back to the prologue. Um, I think Greg, you might have mentioned this just briefly, but uh, the little kids um, acting like jerks and throwing rocks at the the, the damn boat. That really irked me because um, yeah, it me just struck me as so fundamentally unelven. That's something human kids would do because they're little rascals. Well, you've never seen elven children before. Yeah, but what's your impression of an elven child? They would have respect and uh, for this slightly magical craft. Um, in my you. humble I mean... opinion, <laughs> like the reason you knock over sandcastles at the beach is it makes you feel slightly powerful for that brief moment of time, and we're told through Tolkien words that men above all else desire power and it just it bothered me um that, so, that this was the depiction of elven children <laughs> so i think it like it's it's a subtle message to show the discord that morgoth um created in valinor because before his like whispering in the ears and stuff like that there was there wasn't there, everyone was just kind of blissfully happy. There wouldn't be this kind of asshole behavior. And then the asshole behavior grows and grows, and then Theonor makes the Silmarils, and, you know, Morgoth steals the trees and everything, and that's like the pinnacle of... The, that's where all his whispering and secrets and misguidance is, uh, you know, that that's how it flourishes. Um, and I think they're just showing, like, how it manifests little by little, and that's how insidious it was, that it wasn't, you know, his kids throwing rocks at a paper boat or whatever and that you know just grew up to something much much darker for you Say, who has knowledge of what elven children might or even thinks of what elven, elven children really might be like and that, that would be unusual behavior for them like i feel like you and your brain could retcon oh well this is because this happened but just as a more casual watcher i was just like oh these kids are dicks and i hate them <laughs> um and that was as far as that went why can't it be both 
Oh, it absolutely. You had some setup with some subtle whispers coming through in the in the background or something. That would be more than sufficient uh, to establish that. But yeah, to me, it didn't didn't play over at all. Yeah, and I think it's probably oh. just my token nerdness. But I think you saw that in the opening credit scenes because I think the sand moving around to um, to the music is supposed to uh, conjure up visions of the singing of the Valar to create Middle Earth. Um, and how their singing uh, takes shape. Sorry, I have like a fighter plane going over my house. Yeah, you can certainly see with that black coil coming in, um, that, that clearly represents corruption of some sort. Um, right, yeah. and that's a theme within the song of that Morgoth puts in. He puts in this di- uh, di- disruption, and it changes it, and he wants to overpower other people's themes, but it kind of, by doing that, it shapes the world as we know it. So I, I guess I'll say, like, I thought it was fairly basic, you know, the, like, girl gets bullied and, you know, finds solace in her great older brother. But at the same time, like, there, I'm actually completely disinterested in, like, elven children being perfect little angels. Like, there's no point to me in dramatizing that. Like, there, there isn't anything interesting there. Like, the whole point of having elves is having them, yeah, be a little different and be a little weird, but, you know... They are fundamentally reactive as all beings are, you know, they have egos, they have desires. Um, like the fact that there's a whole like political system with came as like a surprise to me. And then I was like, oh, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. Um, so yeah, I, I, I maybe have some quibbles with how that was portrayed with like the way they chose to do it. But I don't, I don't think there's any problem from a, a storytelling perspective of like, yeah, elf kids are not that different from human kids, except maybe they've been this age for like, you know, 2000 years. So they they haven't grown for a longer amount of time. That's that's kind of where I felt. Is that even I, mean, like the- I, I I think it's sort of I think there's a tolerance in me for the demands of compelling narrative. And if, if we're gonna have elves as, as the central characters of this, which they weren't in Lord of the Rings, right? The central characters were hobbits or men with a little, you know, a, Legolas was the only elf in the fellowship. You know, they're there on the peripheries. He's ephemeral beautiful powerful beings but they're not central to the story if you have a story that's centered on elves say galadriel and um elrond then elves to kind of be more human because they're going to have to evince more they're going to have to carry more of the narrative weight and therefore they're going to have to have more human actions including elf kids right because otherwise it's going to be a very um sterile carved in marble piece you know we need it to the elves of the Silmarillion are not great people a lot of them like they aren't above all the squabbles that men have yeah there's a lot of kidnappy rapey stuff in the Silmarillion yeah well um, Fandor's sons are the fucking worst so yeah (laughs) I I would actually be actually be alright with like one of the kids being a jerk if like you you know you you press pause and it tells you who's playing who if like what that little kid was like playing um, Kurafin or something then I said, oh, okay, that fits. But yeah, he didn't have a name, so I was a bit miffed. Is it weird that they aren't, like, using a lot of names? Like, they just call well, the, king, the king. And, you know, I mean, like, in all, like, mm. they don't call her brother a name. They just say her brother. Uh, no, I right, I, but we know that her brother do, is Finrod Felagoon. Yeah. yeah, it did she say has she, a bunch she, of brothers, though. Yeah, she does. The subtitles identify him as Oh, they Finrod. do? Okay. Yeah. They do the same when the, the elven king is talking, because they didn't, like, label him either. I think so. The only the only thing I'm remembering that wasn't labeled was the kids. So okay, and I assume yeah, I think the, the end credits. I do say it's Gil Gallad. Does say Gil Gallad? What about the uh, stranger? What does it say for him? The stranger. I don't, I, I don't think it says anything. <laughs> he doesn't say a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's just yeah, listed it's just, as a stranger. I mean, it's pretty much mumbling. So. <laughs> all of tom bombadil's hey tom tom bombadillo <laughs> song they just couldn't fit it in so they wrote stranger instead i have a they question oh, sorry is he oh sorry um i just have a question about like elven like or i guess generally like mixed race like people getting together like i feel like every time i've watched a lord of the rings thing slash like even this like even the suggestion of and elf like Gladriel getting with a human seems like a like definitely couldn't happen thing, but is that like a normal thing for Lord of the Rings? Or I feel like even in the movies, I suggested like a Hobbit and an elf getting together in the third movie, and I was like that could be cute, and it was like whoa no, like could never happen. 
Um, so I'm just wondering if that's like a like absolute no-no that they're putting like Galadriel and that human guy whose name's escaping me right now together. So it's Halbrand. Yeah. And I don't think it's I don't think it's like we said we we in the Silmarillion they detail the three great marriages between the immortal and mortal races. I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that it would ever happen with a hobbit, but they're so insular and so, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, they hide from the big folk. They don't want to mix with them. They're, you know, only the baggins is in, like, I do re- the Tooks. I do remember something about the Tooks. Like, one of them, like, took, a, in quotes, a fairy wife. Because they're so tall. Um, yeah, but... and there's there's also I mean Tom Bombadil's uh, wife is also a water fairy, yeah. but so there's like a mix up of what's an elf and what's a fairy, and if they're kind of like both the same thing or different words for I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's within the realm of. Yeah, I think more. Of it's, it's, happened, it's probably happened more than we think. I'm sure it would, but I think more of the reason why they wouldn't is because elves are kind of insular, and the ones that do go out. I mean, why do you want to make a relationship with someone who's going to die, like a blink of an eye to you? It would be devastating every time. I think it'd be very hard. It's more, it's more like you could do it. it. They always remind me a bit of like shogunate Japan that just are very sort of isolated, codified, and perhaps considering themselves superior. So of course, you know, you can, you can get with someone else, but you just wouldn't necessarily want to. And then I would also say that the way um, racial thing is kind of like, one of the things I didn't like about these first two episodes is it just felt very on the nose like a lot of this stuff about the the sort of suspicion of the other and the humans not liking the sort of the pointy-eared overlords um it just felt a bit too on the nose and like they were going to try and comment on current uh, well you have people that are of immigration you have people that are basically living in squalor and then you have these people that are coming down from on high with like these beautiful clothes and they're well fed and you're just like well fuck those people you're always going to have a thing Ask, in between is that is, is is that in the novels then is that in the silmarillion this kind of tension between humans and the elves there's more talking about yeah, the show post post tolkien like it was only after tolkien had established the elves that other works would sort of establish oh maybe the elves are kind of assholes and for that reason i kind of not as a purist, but I just take issue with that. Like, why are you doing this? Um, this isn't... What's your very good reason for doing this other than cheap conflict? You mean the the conflict in between the two races? Yeah, basically. Basically that tavern scene where the guy feels very cheap and forced, where they just start going at it, or rather the human goes at it against the elf. Well, it's I like a have-nots, have you know? Aren't they part of the, the dark... So these are... Morgoth yeah. against so basically everyone Morgoth, everyone who's every man who's basically left on Middle Earth was someone who wasn't faithful um, to the um, the Valar because um, they all went to Numenor. Um, so basically, everyone who was on the Elves and the, the Valar side during the First Age went to Numenor. Everyone else was one anyone who was like fell under Morgoth's rule. So maybe some of them worshipped yeah, him yeah. as they were going on. As, yeah, and I think that's the animosity that they're trying to show. Yeah, because basically, like, um, like the Elf Commander was telling Bron Brondir that, um, basically, oh well, they'll they'll just fall. We have to keep watch of them because they might get up to it any day now. He might not be wrong, apparently. I'm going to transition us just in the interest of time to dwarves with the segue comment that um, down, as, as Brett said, on interspecies or racial um, relationships is when your concept of time is so different to that of other people that it can only cause hurt. And so that brings the relationship between Elrond and Durin. And Durin's like really pissed off, like, why were you not there for any of my major life events? And from Elrond's perspective, it's just like, but that was kind of like a week ago. How do you all feel about the dwarves? I really like saying um, Kazadoom um, with like all the, the, the plot. Um... Like life prime, yes, the life around, not just like uh, standard brown in the background fallen stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm saying the the women without beards. So yeah, getting away from the Hobbit again. Do we think that the? I assume they were looking at the Arkenstone at the end of the episode. Uh, no, I think it was Mithril because they found Mithril. Really? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. That, 
Yeah. I thought they'd already found and didn't Mithril. They call no, I think I think this is Mithril that they found because um, I've been watching some videos and like the you know the doors the hobbits get to the where um, Elrond showed up and that's the same place, um, but the door's not there because Celebrimbor actually makes that door with the dwarves and he uses Mithril to do it. No, he actually d- does the because he makes it Zildi, which is the ink made from Mithril that reflects on that. Yeah. So obviously he hasn't had that he hasn't ha- had that relationship with the dwarves yet because that's what they're introducing. So obviously he doesn't he doesn't right, know about right. Mithril yet. So I think that's what they're going because uh, right because the doors um actually say the doors were made by I forget the dwarf's name but the symbols were acquired by Calibrimbor. So you think that's just Mithril in that little tiny chest? Yeah. All right. I didn't. I didn't. I was thinking maybe it was the Arkenstone, and they were going to have somehow tie it into the making of the rings. Oh no! They, the Arkenstone was found down to the. So for those of us, it was found in the. Lonely yeah, that's what, what is what is the Arkenstone? It's the heart of the Lonely Mountain that uh, Thorin coveted in the Hobbit. Oh, it was from the Lonely Mountain. I thought yeah, it was just there because they brought it there. No, that um, no, I think they call it the heart of the mountain. Yeah, they don't found they? it there. Okay. General, everyone's happy with the dwarves. No issues with the dwarves. No. And therefore, move on quickly. I wish the supporting dwarves looked a little less grotesque. Like they really put the prosthetics um, on, and I just find that unappealing. And it reminds me of the Hobbit, where they really went went to town with that extra makeup stuff. I, I don't particularly appreciate these super goofy looking dwarves. Yeah, it was kind of nose city down there. Oh yeah, I did. I did. Well, I mean, the noses were fairly prominent, especially on like the two dur- Durins. I didn't know. Yeah, and I think you know they keep on referencing Ole, like they say Ole's beard or whatever as like a kind of curse. But that's their creator, and they were created by something completely different. So I don't have an issue with them appearing physically much different than elves or men. I think that's okay, and if even if it's more exaggerated, I think even the better. I mean, uh, cat. I guess makeup and prosthetics aside, I thought that the scenes were very fun with the um, with them, and I thought that you know I I, I liked Durian. I liked like the family i liked kind of like noting like the differences in time when it comes to 20 years with elves and dwarves so you know um yeah i mean that's pretty much that's pretty much it with me i just thought it was kind of fun coming from a not so uh you know not really having seen much else i guess yeah i i mean i yeah much as i i did have some issues with the prosthetics because I thought they ended up looking a little cartoonish. Plus, I'm a little bit like, there's definitely some Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not saying there was any ill intent. Just the thought I had. But um, I I actually loved that that it was a matter of friendship. Like it wasn't, you know, Elrond had like done some political, you know, misstep or or insulted the dwarf. Like th- th- there was nothing like high level there it was Durin being like you were my friend and then you bounced and like I'm really pissed about that Ghosting and I, I really appreciated that yeah exactly so um I thought his wife was super charming um and yeah the idea of like a living dwarven like they even incorporate green into you know and and, and like plants into cause of doom so it was I, I I that was one of the highlights of the episode plus plus elf dwarfs shenanigans are <coughs> always <laughs> best <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna get a, that, are we but, gonna get a yeah. tossed dwarf? I certainly hope so. I would I would suggest to the listener, if you want to learn more about Tolkien and um his anti Semitism and how he how he responded when um Germany as ruled by Nazis tried to inquire as to his racial heritage and wanted to ban his books as he wrote back to them um you should listen to there's a terrific history podcast called the rest is history and they do great pods um run by dominic sandbrook and tom holland who are both uh, very august historians in england they've just done a two-parter on tolkien um and if you listen to the second episode uh you can hear all about how their charges against tolkien that he was potentially orientalist and indeed anti-semitic there is a lovely point and the German censors write him and ask him if he has any Jewish heritage. And he says, um, sadly not, I would be very honoured if I did, etc. So um, if there is any any anti-Semitism there, I, I presume it was subconscious, but um, well worth a listen anyway, and maybe one to be debated another day. So 
If we're all happy with dwarfs, let's move to the proto-hobbits. And as we move to the proto-hobbits, uh, the only point I would like to make is the following, and maybe this is a very British thing, and that American viewers won't pick up on it, but um, a British viewer, you will notice that the elves have English accents, the dwarves have Scottish accents, and have Irish accents. And so that regional parts of um, Great Britain and Ireland, which are two separate countries. Um, the other thing, or one of the things I find curious about this is that if you read Tolkien's work and know about his life, you'll know partly in the West Midlands, which is kind of like the heart of England, and the hobbits are in many ways his sort of love letters to sort of rural um, um, and middle class sort of, you know, suburban English people in some ways. And I always find it that whenever you watch adaptations, they're always kind of almost made to seem like, you know, like um, chuckling Irish leprechaun-y type aspects rather than um, stolid. Eng they don't have West Midlands accent. It's curious to me because the guy who plays the leader of the proto-hobbits, Lenny Henry, who's a very famous British black, actually a comedian and activist. He's amazing, Lenny Henry. And um, he comes from Birmingham, which is the place where um, Tolkien came from. So he could easily do a Birmingham accent and all the proto-hobbits could be from the West Indians. I always think it's quite sad that they are taken away from their English uh, and non-London English heritage. But anyway, little rant over. over are they proto-hobbits? Are they a branch of hobbits? What are these guys? Half yes, which are yeah. one of the three. Yeah, so the half really have the hey luck of the Irish. Yeah. The Harefoots, you know, the stores. So got um Smeagol slash Gollum, I think was a store, and he um <clears throat> he they come from the Gladden River, which feeds into the Anduin. Um, and then there's the Fallow Hides, which come from Mirkwood, and then there's this lot. Right, right, and I would say Bina, they haven't gotten to the Shire yet. They haven't developed the Midlands accent because that's the Shire. So they're still on the move. They have thousands of years to develop it. Don't worry, everything will be all right. We'll, we'll get there. Peter Jackson made Lord of the Rings. They still didn't have Birmingham accent. No. Something they're weird lost going and on. wandering, wandering Something... nomads. Um, I was just going to say, they haven't found the luxury of the Shire, and that's when they'll develop their English accent. So while they're um, lawless savages, they're, they're Irish. <laughs> kind of. Some Irish Yeah, right, they're traveling in caravan. Some Irish commentators have made that um, kind of criticism, just as Mikhail did about the dwarves, that there is something vaguely insulting about when they're sort of peasanty, rough-haired, sort of, you know, travelling folk that they're given the Irish accents and that, that it's somehow an international shorthand isn't there for sort of multinational viewers that when you have English people with English accents, they're going to be hoity-toity upper class and a bit arrogant. And when you have slightly drunkard peasanty people they're going to have irish accents it's all it's all just a bit lazy i feel sorry because lenny henry's a brum he's from birmingham. hang on if all but the anyway. hobbits have birmingham accents they're just they're just going to sound like um peaky blinders we're always sounding like peaky blinders mate <laughs> but the whole peaky blinders because that is how tolkien willed it um... i agree with you bina that this probably was just a simple manner of differentiating them from the other groups the other species i think so do, um, anyway, I'm very exactly, but I'm very happy to see Lenny Henry in there as like the old father sort of proto hobbit because he just makes me happy. So obviously, racists on the internet aren't happy, but I'm happy. So Amazon has they purchased the right for Lord of the Rings. Now, do they have a plan for the future of this, or is it just what we're seeing here? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, do they have their own ideas for Lord of the Rings that they're going to redo, or are they going to be like, no, that Lord of the Rings is fine. We'll kind of lead into that, even though they're completely separate. They will be remade eventually. That's just Hollywood, though. They're remaking everything. There's no original ideas, really. They'll remake it, White Raven, purely because by the time they get to it, those Lord of the Rings are already incredibly old, and they'll be, like, you know, maybe another 10 years older. So I would have thought they'll remake. And can you imagine making them properly with all the time of TV series where you can do things like the scouring of the Shire? I would love to see that. We can get Tom Bambadil. Hooray. Totally can. I am. I, um, I found them very charming. I and I'm actually really glad you mentioned the accent thing because the the origin of it definitely passed me by. But I did find like the what's her name Nori. I found her accent very pleasant to listen to. Um, but it probably is like it. It's less 
like it's not intimidating in any way like it's it's very soft and innocent sounding and partly that's the acting um but i i thought they were very cute it it is a little hard to be like i don't i don't know exactly when you know again i know a long time ago so like some differences but also like definitely they have the ears and the feet yeah but at the same time i i don't know they they they're very sweet. I feel like Nori is a very fun protagonist to follow. I, I wish they hadn't maybe made like that one visual joke with her friend like eating too much because I'm like, okay, I get it. She's fat. She eats a lot of raspberries. Okay. Um, but um, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm for it so far. To the big yeah, issue. I... Oh, sorry, Casey. Which is who the fuck is the stranger? But Casey, you go first <laughs> on another Albert related <laughs> <Sorry>. stuff. <laughs> Yeah, no, I um, I, I also agree with Michal here. Like, I, I, I thought that Nori was just a really fun character. Um, since Greg's not here, I'll just mention that some of the mannerisms uh, or some of the, like, little sayings that they had, like, great goats, that was a favorite of mine and uh, and of Greg's. So I like, I like that aspect. I like that they're fun. Um, and I interested to see where nori goes as like a character and like what they're what they're gonna do with her over time um but yeah the stranger the stranger my default thinking was oh that's gandalf right because it looks like a young gandalf um what does everyone else think um well i'm hoping he's a blue wizard because the blue wizards are supposed to go um come over first but they were supposed to be two at a time so um they all came over together um no the blue the two blues came first and then um radagast gadolf and saruman came and because i'm hoping that they you know they do that because like a big part of gandalf's story is he didn't really want to go and then they took him on the ship um and then as soon as he got he got off the ship last and then um the guy who had the ring, the, so the rings were already made, and the guy who had the ring of fire, who was the you know the bearded Kirdan, yeah, he come like took him aside saying, yeah, you're gonna need this more than I do. Um, so he had the the he could see right, he had yeah, he saw us, yeah, yeah, because elves are rather prescient sometimes. Um, well, he was like one of the best at seeing into the future. I thought it was Gandalf, and the bit with the fireflies made me think, oh, maybe it's Radagast because yeah. good with animals. But oh, yeah, it was like I googled it, and they they didn't arrive till the third age. Mm. Then I thought I was wrong, and then I thought it was blue wizards, like you said. But then I read somewhere that there was going to be a big change from the book, so I was like, oh, it's Gandalf. And then I thought, well, if I paid multiple billions of dollars or whatever, maybe I'd want a character that's beloved from from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So it probably is Gandalf for purely commercial reasons, mm. if nothing or, else. Or they could be thrown. Curveball when it's you know could be Sauron or Dobon because like um you know th- things it's, it's do... Sauron or Gandalf yeah yeah because they had like it has to be someone who is major in the films because otherwise if you say to a bunch of film viewers or people like me who are casual viewers it's a blue wizard they're like oh my god like I have to learn more stuff now yeah I feel that with Sauron um his initial appearance was very like charming and beautiful and yep. that's the first impression that we would get if this was a Sauron masquerading as yeah, someone so um, a lot of people think this Halbrand guy might be Sauron or like the there's like a priest guy in the trailers who like um could be him um I think I'd like yeah, it if it was Halbrand. looks fair and feels exactly. foul to quote one of the very few lines I remember <laughs> verbatim from Lord of the Rings People can look like each other. Look at Saruman and Gandalf, right? Like they can for each other. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm probably we'll I'm probably leaning to more. It's going to be Gandalf because you know he's in he's in with the hobbits and he's, he's that, that's <laughs> exactly. how he that's how he comes to like love love them and right um trust them and that sort of thing. This is kind of what I mean. Hey, that really makes me feel very sad and happy at the same time. That's really sweet. <laughs> we're in the we're in the like. Obi-Wan Kenobi era of figuring out why these people have feelings about each other and I'm I'm here for it. Even oh. if it's a prequel world. It's all prequel not, world right now. Do it's a Star Wars and George R. R. Martin and Tolkien, everything's in prequel world. Um Excuse me, Ted. <laughs> I've been looking at I've been looking at your tweets oh, no. about doing the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. Very entertaining. It's almost Good. done. It's almost done. I realize that the only genuine uh, verse that has got sequel, not prequel, right now is the Miyagi verse. It's the only thing that dares to go forward with its story. And for Miyagi that, I applaud the Karate it. Kid. In the Miyagi verse. Oh, with the. What is yeah. the Miyagi verse? Yes, yeah, Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Okay. Uh, what's Miyagi what's the show verse? Because now there's Cobra Kai. Yeah, that's the one. Cobra- 
Yeah. Oh, you're saying they didn't go back into Miyagi's history. They just left it with Daniel. Good. Yeah, exactly. Daniel-san. Okay. Because okay. um, Cobra Kai is coming out soon as well. There's just like way too much verse happening right now. Anyone have anything else to say about anything in these first two episodes? Otherwise, we can chat a bit about what we're looking forward to in the rest of the season. We didn't talk about I'm trying to think now. We've done elves. We've done dwarves. We've done hobbits. Uh, well, getting Numenor the, uh, next week. I think next week. So hopefully that's good. The kid uncovers that um, sword shaft that was sucking his blood, blood and <laughs> yeah. seemed to be a corrupting influence. Yeah, so, what's, what's um, up with all the tunnels under the house and like the, the humans that were kind of maybe sympathetic to Morgoth? And yeah, Jesus, that's a whole bunch of narrative I forgot yeah, about. That's like, what's up with that shit? That's like south, that's all like south of Mordor or, or in Mordor or something. So that's the lens that might become yeah. Mordor one day. That was yeah. my interpretation. So right um, that's. That's not heading in a good direction, I think. And the orcs are taking people. Yeah. Coming in and taking people away, which is crazy. Mm. <laughs> not not in like a bad way, but it's just like crazy to think about. Like entire villages just disappearing. Mm. Yeah, so I think right. probably uh, that kid the, is going to be a, a ring wraith eventually. Uh, you have to become a king. Oh, oh my god. Well, that, it's, that it's not head, oh It's god, not like heading well oh. for that Theo kid. And probably how Halbrand might be his dad, actually. You think? Um, some people have said that. Okay. And then the Reddits again, Eddie. Uh, no, just like the new rock star guy. Have you heard of new rock stars? Mm. They do like a YouTube thing. Stuff yeah, they do um, breakdowns and things. Like five secrets you don't know. Thankful. I'm just made up. Um, do you? Is this stuff in the Silmarillion? Is this stuff in the canon? No. Like the story of no, this no, kid. No. Yeah, so this no. is all. This is this is what really makes me worry about this specific aspect of the show because it's so unanchored from anything in the text. So the elf cop and the it doesn't mean they can't elf. do a good job making it. So I, I was saying to someone, maybe even my husband, that this could either be the the best or worst thing about this when we look back at it at the end of the first season, because in a way, not be to anything in canon and worrying about pissing off people. Like maybe you can just do something really psychologically satisfying mm. from show like it was in like a gothic horror like a grimm's fairy tale little kids being taken away at, at night by a monster felt like a very different show to what was happening with a dwarf and an elf having a tiff in a mountain it just felt very incongruous to me well you got that at, like with game of thrones different. too you had like what was going on in the north and what was going on in king's landing yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, and it's. I'm rewatching Brains right now, and some of the, you know, the scene jumps between some of. I had forgotten the exploitation between some of that, and then some of the more malarkey type scenes is very jarring. Yeah. So how do you guys find it then? As maybe, maybe Greg as a lawmaster, how are you finding that aspect that's so different to what's in the books or not in the books at all? They're finding out their bad stuff's coming back in the world, and they've got to stop it, and the big baddie's coming back. But the thing is, like in the Silmarillion, like none of this. Like the whole first 500 years of the second age is like a couple paragraphs. It's like bits and pieces you get or like this king was born. And like, so it's like this, I'm sure stuff like this was happening. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't on the page. And, um, you know, I kind of like how they've handled the men because like at this point, the men that are still in Middle Earth were not like the Numenorians. They weren't the kings of Gondor. They were just like people that are you know, just regular, you know, dirty farm people. I don't mean that in a... That, and uh, had clothes on under his apron. That bothered me the most. Like, you gotta have some something to absorb the uh, of the blood. But, um, no, I don't like it. Like, I get what they're doing, but also I feel bad just saying how much I don't like it when I'm like, it's my world, so like, I don't know. It's like being a guilty Catholic. Like, I can't enjoy anything. <laughs> I mean, I also watched like two episodes of The Witcher, and I'm like, this is definitely just feels like a scene from The Witcher that I didn't particularly like anyway. <laughs> so I, I'm just hard to impress, I guess, with uh, hard to please with these. I don't know how nitpicky this is, but it, it kind of bothered me how no one seemed to care at all that their neighboring village had just been completely destroyed. Um, and that, that aforementioned guy with the apron was just like, yeah, it was a landslide, it happens. And. The, no one went to investigate, no one was bothered that the fact that the town was on fire and smoking and that there were these clear tunnels, and obviously what it was leading up to was a healer lady slamming the orc's head onto the, the, the tavern and saying, yeah, I was right, fuck you all for not believing me, but it felt like it was built on unstable ground. Pun unintended. <laughs> That felt to me more like, oh, we like nobody's gonna believe a woman, and then like she br brings proofs, and they're like, oh, maybe okay. 
It's the classic horror movie of oh, they don't believe them at first to their peril, but I was surprised they weren't like right. That's fine. I'm surprised they weren't like well, if a woman and child could take care of them, how bad could it be? (laughs) My mistake was it seems like she took off with dude without actually talking to her son. She just like left the cow and took off. And then yes, it's important to warn no pants guy, but like shouldn't she have gone to her house first, grabbed her kid, and like their relationship is weird. Don't think her wandering is out of the ordinary because she's kind of like a she makes like potions and stuff, right? Not potions, but uh, healing remedies. Like the village witch, in not so many words. So I don't think her ranging about is necessarily uncommon for her. I mean, in those times, that kid's like considered a twenty-five-year-old, right? Oh, (laughs) seemed like. He kind of just didn't give her at that. And then he's like, no, you go away. I'm hiding in here. It was just strange. I, I do think they, they have a lot to... It was probably the weakest plotline, uh, the, the the humans. Um, you know, Nazneen Boniati is, like, incredibly gorgeous. But, like, I, I didn't feel like she had that much to do other than, like, look upset and, and angry and scared at certain points. Um, and speaking of costumes, I did not like that she was sleeveless. I'm like, there's got to be a shift under there. That is just... That's just the way we got to do things. But apparently not. Um, but I, I feel like because that is, that's probably like the farthest from material, I'm completely guessing as somebody who hasn't read it, but like, it doesn't seem based in, like her name is Bronwyn, right? It's, I don't think that name is anywhere, Bronwyn and Theo or in the Lord of the Rings ever. So like, I feel like there's, it it could be the plot line that we look back and we're like, oh, why'd they do that? Or it could be like, oh no, they actually weave this in really well. And you know, you, you do get a sense of what it is to be like. A, a proto-human in in a magical terrifying world where like it is actually very dangerous to go and see if the neighboring town has been devoured by monsters you know i i, I feel like it could go either way I think they're in the story to give us an eye into the, like the front line of the evil spreading otherwise we wouldn't see that i guess we kind of do with the the sure. half half foots or whatever is that, that like wolf was there that meant nothing apparently uh, there'll be some, uh, I'd say a teaser with some more wolves, so, um, whatever that was, they're coming back. <laughs> it's gotta be Chekhov's, yeah, Chekhov's wolf, wolf, right? Yeah, definitely. Where did Hunky Guy on the boat with Galadriel say he was from? Did he say the he was from Lands, the Southlands? Yes. So, pretty much where yeah, they okay. are. So, maybe Galadriel. So that's why I think he's that kid's yeah. father. And then, like, quite a few people are thinking he's gonna be the Witch King, if he's not Sauron, because <laughs> no one trusts him. Uh, I was just gonna say Galadriel might end up there at some point that would be a, a way to tie it together we will see the arc is of look like looking forward to the next couple of episodes what do you think the arc is of season one where do you think the end point is no clue not scooby crafting the rings maybe i'm thinking maybe the appearance it'll be like we get this character and the last episode will be the reveal that it's actually sauron and that they'll be Talking or even either crafting the rings or talking about crafting them. Yeah, Sauron comes with his great plan, like the monorail director to (laughs) Springfield. Monorail, monorail, monorail. I mean, five seasons. I'd be surprised if they got to the making of the rings this season. I guess they they got to right. I don't. I don't know where they're going. Well, is the five seasons getting us to the point where it's the end of the second age? I'm assuming so. I mean, you still need to have, like, the corruption of the men and the dwarves. Yeah. And the fall of Numenor. Yeah, because, like, um, <clears throat> Caterbrimble's people, like, come under, um, get sort of corrupted by Sauron and, like, join his side, but then they get destroyed. The Numenorians get corrupted by Sauron, too. Yeah, and then they... they capture him, and then he, like... Yeah, but he, he's, he's sort inside. of got to get to power first, then the normal Numenorians come in, kick his butt, and then take him prisoner, right. and then, like, put it, put colonies everywhere. Um, and then Numenor's got to get destroyed, and then who's left from Numenor, like Isidore and his dad, Elendil, have to team up with um, Gil-Galad, and then kick Sauron's butt again. But all that's going to take five seasons. Alright, I'm in for it. Yeah. Five seasons. They must have, like, really showed them an outline of a plan. I assume so. Well, it's it's going to be, like, a 50-hour trilogy or something yeah i like that they have an ending in sight rather than just making seasons of a show until they're done do you know what i mean Hmm. until like interest wanes i like that until the cash cow gets exhausted and falls over right like if you have a a plan by the sounds of it that's kind of the contradiction at the heart of the series right like it's it it is like you can't approach tolkien 
I don't think, without like real cognizance and, and themes and thoughts in mind. And from what I've heard about like the writer's room, the, Brian Cogman did a, a good interview on The Ringer um, where he, he spoke about like um, some of some of their like process in the very early stages. And he said they would start every day with a quote from Tolkien and they would bring things in. And like, it seems like a very conscious storytelling group. And at the same time, like the, the force behind it is this like unbelievably like market focused, you know, uh, you know, capitalist just as a as a fact, you know. Like, you think Amazon that, is that's, capitalist? That's is. How could you believe such no, a thing? But, and I'm not, I'm not even saying like the look. The, the original movies were also made from a capitalist, you know, spirit. It's you know not it's not new, but it, I feel like there's there's a lot of there. You have to balance a lot of very diverse instincts, I guess, when you're when you're making this show for Amazon. I mean, if we put this against house of the dragon for a second to me for coming from like a you know as someone who's read the books of game of thrones as someone who's not read anything related to lords of the lord of the rings to me it just felt like the rings of power show is just very slow in comparison and to me i'm not sure how much more viewership they would be able to bring in if they continue in this kind of like slow paced manner. I think we still need to see like more, but it seems very slow in comparison to what's been going on on House of the Dragon. Michael was saying earlier that they do a lot of telling and not showing. They're just like, okay, here's where we are, rather than just trying to show where you are. Like Game of Thrones, I remember they just showed stuff and then they would have like old man tell a story or something like that's how they would get the backstory in. But it was. But not just that, they would have a bunch of fools fondling each other while Baelish told the story. I mean, like, yeah, they, they had their own issues with exposition. Points, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, they found more creative ways to give you exposition than just a voiceover. Both of these two stories started with a voiceover, House of the Dragon, in this show. Yeah, but the the thing is with this show, I kind of, like, some of the hokier things that they've been doing, like when the that kid Theo's like spear tip or whatever is like flashing into like the equivalent of Sauron's eye and whatever, like that's super hokey filmmaking, but it's exactly what they do with the ring in, in the original movies. And like the original movies very famously start with a, an extremely detailed and specific and lore dumpy um, voiceover. And, and so I, I kind of, I think, you know, I, I kind of feel like they, they, they're allowed an, an amount of that, you know, House of the Dragon, I think you can contest a little bit more. Um, I mean, I personally liked it because it was all the nerd stuff that I wanted injected directly into my veins. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I think artistically, you can argue with it a little bit more. I think Lord of the Rings had to, though, because you have a finite amount of time for a movie. Like, obviously, you have a finite amount of time for a TV show as well. But you have, you know, however many hours they're going to do, like, you have that much time to present this to us in a way that isn't just a voiceover. Now, I, the voiceover didn't bother me. I'm just saying you could have done it in a different way, perhaps. But it probably would have just been a lot of talking. We've already got a lot of that. <laughs> a nice monologue right at the start, I think, is yeah acceptable if it isn't too long. Because that's when the audience is like, all right, I need to know stuff. Please explain it to me. Um, but yeah, the the problems that I really had were more like when Galadriel is on her search and one of the elfin guys is like, we've been out here for this many days <laughs> and we've exceeded our orders by this much and I want to go back and let's go back, please. And I was like, you could do better dialogue than this. You can be like symbolic or whatever. We need some wit and flair. On that point, I'm going to do a quick fire round the call where you have to shout out one name of who you think the stranger is. Whoever gets it right at the end of the season wins glory and honor. Uh, in no particular order, but who's on my screen? White Raven. Gandalf, I guess. Did you get that? Uh, I've just uh, I had to look up the names of the blue wizards, but there you go. Palando. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you keep waving this flag long after it is yes. proven to be Gandalf. Palando confirmed. <laughs> Or whatever it is. Uh, Casey. I'm going to be boring and go with Gandalf. No, you're writing them down? What's See the name? I'm going to keep a record and it's going to be Glory and Honor. Okay. Inca's Rain? I initially thought it was Bombadil, but now I'm, I'm full on the Gandalf train. So I guess I can get partial Glory and Honor if it is Gandalf. Ooh, Gandalf train. Michael. Dad, uh, what was the other blue guy's name? <laughs> Cover both bases. Alatar. <laughs> Alatar. Alatar, all to myself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amber, do you want to make a punt? Or are you just looking? Here. Um, 
I wish it, I hope it's not Gandalf. I hope I don't get all the honor and glory, but it probably will be. Agreed. And also, I think I need, I need uh, that particular version of Palando with gusto as my ringtone. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I want it to be Palando now. But I think it's, I think it's probably going to be Gandalf. But I'm going to say Sauron because I think it's someone from the Lord of the Rings movies because they're unimaginative. Bring out with a one-word answer. Glory and honor is yours if you win. Who do you think the stranger is going to turn out to be? Go. He's contemplating. <laughs> He's talking to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think the stranger is going to be one-word answer. No. Uh, uh, get, well, I don't want to be Gandalf, but I think it has to be Gandalf. Otherwise, it's stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, but what if it's Alatar <laughs> or Palando? Or Palando. Or Palando. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to go around like all of tomorrow just shouting out, Palando. <laughs> such a great word. It's like the word hullabaloo. Some words are just inherently brilliant. <laughs> well, on that love note, at Wolfcast at the end, we do an Aru. Does everyone want to do a Palando on the count of three? Yes. Sure. <laughs> Greg's like, I'm never going to come on Vogue again. This is just <laughs> Casey make I don't think this is even I hated this show already, and now I hate it even more. <laughs> I really want Palando set to Fernando by ABBA now, uh, so if somebody could do that. Oh, Palando. Palando. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> there was literally something in the air that night. The stars were bright. The fireflies. <laughs> Oh my god. I feel, I feel this is the bulkiest way to end an episode of Vox, so we should just dial out. It's wonderful. Sleep well, enjoy Half the Dragons tonight if you're watching, and I'll speak to you all tomorrow. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, thanks, Bina. Orlando. 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 Or a girl, and, and you've someone... got a choice between normal, you know, like man dick instead of superhuman elven dick. I mean, would I, I even know. know who Kate Middleton was? Not Kate Middleton. Who's the other one? The one that they live in America now. Meghan Markle. Oh. Meghan Markle. Would I even know, know who she was married to if it wasn't one of the royal family? Probably not. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we're as dumb as the elves. <laughs> it's meant to be my happy place. We don't talk about she who shall not be named. Shh. Okay. Shh. <laughs> And I'm really sorry, Claudius the Fool. I feel your pain. It's kind of how I felt about Star Wars being written. So. It is what it is. Yeah, Star Wars isn't based on books, so you technically don't know my name. Oh, oh, oh wow. Shots are fucking fired. I don't even carry those books in, our, in my stores. So much to order. I go, uh, go to a comic book, comic book store. Uh, oh, such an elitist. <laughs> I'm elitist about very few, but that's one of them. But uh, it's... yeah, sure, Greg. <laughs> very few things. That's the only thing you're elitist. Nothing left in my soul. I have no energy to put like towards a new thing right now. I just want summer to be over, and then I can breathe. Um, but be... <laughs> you're such a curmudgeon. I just want summer to be over. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are always out on my lawn. <laughs> Polando, 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 Polando.